Hello and welcome to the Celtic View podcast, the podcast of the nine in a row champions. I'm Paul Cuddy, the editor of The View, and I'm delighted to be joined on this podcast by my Celtic View colleague, Joe Donnelly, and our head of digital marketing, Craig Johnson. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Um, obviously, yeah. Joe, you're in sunshine, Craig, you're in, in shadow. Um, <laughs> We're going to talk about, uh, obviously, our European adventures. Uh, I'm not long back from Latvia. It was, Craig, uh, it, it was a game that Celtic dominated, certainly in terms of possession, but we certainly left it late. Um, but thankfully, we, we got the goal to avoid getting into extra time and, and possibly that lottery of penalties. Yeah, it was getting a bit worrying, wasn't it? It was uh, left it right to the last minute. I think um, it was a tough game. It was, like, as the manager said last night, it takes two to... To make a game and I think they just sat in kept it tight kept it very tight in the center and it wasn't until really Fringpong started Fringpong started uh, getting a bit more joy down the right hand side that we started to create more chances and um, once he started doing that we, we had a few chances um, a Yeti obviously hitting the post and then um, and then obviously it was it was Jeremy Frimpong that um, set up that goal at the end with a great run from a Yeti to, to kind of the defence away and then um, a good finish by Elanisi. And Joe, you know, the, the manager obviously talks all the time about the fact it's a squad game. Everybody has to play their part. But last night, you know, Craig touched on the fact that, you know, Frimpong changed the game, particularly in the second half. Elianusti was, you know, scores the goal. Ayeti was causing problems. The substitutes really had an impact last night. Yeah, and I mean, you said it no more than... Elianusti and Jeremy Frimpong linking up really well for that goal, as Craig mentioned. I think the manager mentioned it as well. Um, Albion Ayeti and clearly his goals are going to steal the headlines and rightly so but his intelligence there to be able to pull the defender mm-hmm. out of position and also whilst Jeremy Frimpong I mean, last night was a perfect example how good he is when he's playing direct and getting to the byline getting those balls into the box with a good few chances that Celtic had before the goal came one of the things which the manager had said last season about um, his development as a player is reading the game so when Bigger were sitting so deep you could see their legs starting to higher towards the end, spaces were opening up. And even though they knew that the kind of capabilities of Frimpong getting down that side, Frimpong had the presence of mind to seek out those spaces. Um, and we saw that particularly in the second half. He was, he was unplayable, wasn't he? Well, in a game of a few chances, here's a chance just to look back on the goal that has put us into the playoff of the Europa League, a goal set up by Frimpong and scored by Elianusi. <laughs> Play the ball up towards the halfway line and theatrical fall from Camez, free kick to the home side, just a few yards inside their own half. And again, it just gives them that breather. We have got under 90 seconds before we find out how many added minutes as the ball's knocked over the top. Looking for Roger. Well, at full stretch, where you can see, well, he is really almost out. On his legs as the ball's played, looking for the sprinting pace of Frimpong. Plays it into the box, there's a chance for Elianusi. Elianusi, he's scored! He's won the tie! Jeremy Frimpong cuts it back, the Norwegian with his third European goal this season. Steers the ball beyond Roberto Odo and Celtic have the lead. Riga FC absolutely devastated, Celtic overjoyed. And El Yanusi, the goal hero again, but it was Jeremy Frimpong who's made such a difference down the right-hand side. He has pace to get on the end of that ball from Christie. He cut it back in a first-time finish, precise. 
And there is the goal. Wonderful finish from El Yanusi. The despairing dive of Ozols couldn't stop it. And Celtic are heading into the playoff of the Europa League. Joe, I spoke to the manager after the game in Latvia and he obviously praised Jeremy Frimpong as well, but made a point of also praising Moyel Yanusi because he's he's been out of the side really since the return of the from international break. He's had a couple of substitute appearances. But the manager praised, obviously, his, his impact in the game. I think more than that, just the way that he's got his head down, he's training every day, and just working to try and, and get himself back into the team. Yeah, something we say a lot about Celtic, about the, the strength and depth and about how healthy competition is in the squad. All the players say it. Um, and it's absolutely true, but it's nice to see uh, that kind of phrase, or whatever you want to call it, in practice. I mean, the last night was, was that emotion, wasn't it? That, as you say, the manager said that, yeah, I mean, it'd be easy for him to maybe put his head down, maybe not work as hard at training, but he's really been working hard behind the scenes, really pushing everybody at training, it seems. And, of course, he comes on in the 82nd minute last night, and then he's got his goal eight minutes later, which ends up being a match winner. So, yeah, competition in the squad is great, but to see it in, in motion is it's really good to see. And I, one of the things that, Craig, that struck me about the game, and we've seen this already so far this season, that teams are quite happy to get all 11 players sitting 20 yards from their own goal and inviting Celtic on. And regardless of, of the quality that we've got in our ranks, that's always tough to break down because there's literally no space there. Mm-hmm. And part of that's mentally, isn't it? It's, it's having that mentality to be able to, to be patient, to not just start resorting to throwing balls into the box. It's trying to work those situations, those one-twos around about the box, the, trying to get the man free on the wide areas and um, create those crossing opportunities. And um, I think, like Joe alluded to, the movement of the front players as well is massive around about that. And and Yeti's already showing, he showed against... Um, they should against Livingston at the weekend. They're just in the the movement and the ability to find space, and he did that for his goal. And I think they need to just um, kind of continue that going forward and um, keep that mentality going forward. And Joe, we now face a trip to Bosnia. Uh, you and I were there last year when we played Sarajevo in, in the qualifying round. I believe that we're not going to be playing in Sarajevo. I think we're going to be playing in Zenica, which is where Sarajevo played last night. I don't think their stadium is up to scratch in terms of UEFA rules, particularly around the whole uh, situation with COVID. The, the stadium has to be quite secure. You and I ended up commentating from uh, what was just like a, it was almost like a sauna box, which uh, steamed up in quite half the time that we uh, couldn't quite see what was happening in the action. I don't know if that improved the commentary as a result, but um, <laughs> it, we know that it, particularly in one-off games, it, there's just different challenges. We saw it last night with Riga as well. Yeah, I didn't know that um, Sarajevo were playing a different stadium, so when you told me that before we started the programme, I was quite pleased because, yeah, <laughs> the screen was there, behind, because it was really bad storms, wasn't there? Um, you couldn't even make out the Celtic players, never mind uh, the, the Sarajevo players. I've never been so happy with players wearing neon-coloured boots so I could pick out who was who on the pitch. Um, yeah, in terms of these one-off games, again, it's another thing which we've said so much about the single legs, and of course the Europa League playoff uh, single leg as well, unlike the Champions League. Um, it's yeah. I mean, they become they become cup ties, don't they? They become they become one-off cup ties rather. And last night, I haven't really given much thought to the fact that we could go towards extra time and penalties in any of these games. Obviously, as the game kind of wore on last night, it was looking more and more like that was happening. Um, so I was especially pleased that El Yunusi popped up with a goal when he did because it wins the game, obviously, but also. 
in terms of preparing for another um, big game on Sunday. The thought of extra time and penalties, the mental and physical uh, requirements was that would have had in the players' demands and the players would have been an extra stage. Um, it was a comfortable win over the course of the two games against Sarajevo in the first Champions League qualifier last year. Hoping for the same again next week when it comes to that. I don't know if you guys, from what you could see back home in Scotland when you were watching the game in Latvia, but I, you know, I, I mentioned in commentary with the, the surreal uh, sight, Craig, of just before the start of the game. So three <laughs> of the stands were completed. There was one that was kind of, as I mentioned, it was similar to New Douglas Park. Suddenly two of these red open-top tour buses that you see in just about every city in Europe appeared with about 50 or 60 uh, Riga fans that, that proceeded to, to be there for the, the full game and generate a wee bit of atmosphere. I'm not sure if the club will might get in trouble for that because it was still, I think, officially on their property. So, I, I, you know, they're supposed to, have, you know, they're supposed to allow that. But uh, it, it certainly, it gave it a, a kind of, an element of an atmosphere with fans because obviously we're all desperate for supporters to get back into every stadium. Yeah, definitely. I had a bit of fun to it, and it, like it came across on Celtic TV with the with the crowd in the background. It kind of it felt a little bit more like a real game again. Um, we've certainly been missing the fans at Celtic Park and um, away games and things like that. So, so having that atmosphere and that energy kind of certainly did make it a bit more realistic, if you like. I, am, I know fans have been trying different things this season. There was the the guys that had it, hired the cherry picker up at Pataudry to try and um, get into the watch the Aberdeen Rangers game on the first day of the season. I think they got pretty much taken down quite early, but um, but it was good these guys managed to capture some of the game. I think the game in Sarajevo will be interesting. I, I'm not too sure it'll be as um, quite as one sided. And just looking at some of the Sarajevo results this season, they've kind of they scored a lot of goals. They've had a three-two, they've had a four-two. They've um, so they scored a lot of goals and they they seem to concede as well. So it'll be interesting to see um, when a team comes at us a little bit more, and and then like you say, it'll create a little bit more space um, for us to get maybe in behind them a little bit better. So I think um, it will be quite a different game. I think going forward, but it'll be it'll be very interesting. Well, I think uh, Sunday's game against the Berlin at Celtic Park could be certainly a good build-up for that. We're going to have a wee chat about that in a moment, but we're going to obviously hear from, from uh, Celtic TV's man of the match from the game in Latvia. And I have to say, this interview uh, it was actually one of the highlights of my trip because I'm, I'm certainly old enough to be Jeremy Frimpong's father, probably a Bushy's grandfather, but he starts off the interview by calling me bro. It really made an old man very happy. <laughs> Jeremy, congratulations tonight, a, a great performance and ultimately what we needed was the win. Yeah, obviously, team, bro, we, I'm sorry I said that, bro. Um, we, played, we played really good, yeah, and we just, we created so many chances and eventually we got one in, so yeah, team played really well, so yeah. You obviously came on in the first half when James Forrest got injured, important, I mentioned to the manager that substitutes make an impact, certainly in the second half you did that. Yeah, obviously, if I come on, I want to do my best for the team. I want to create chances for the team. Obviously, I want um, my team to win. So, yeah, so yeah, when, when um, I got the call and say, come and play, yeah, I was delighted. And then I went to give it my all. And that's what I did tonight. And did you find in the second half you were getting the ball quite a lot and just driving at their defence? You knew you had the beating of them for pace? Uh, not even that. I, I, I just, when I got the ball, I just wanted to, in my head, I just like help the team out. They, we, need, we need something. We need to get through tonight. So, yeah, so I, as soon as I got the ball, I just went attack mode. And obviously, I did my defensive part as well, so, yeah. And, you know, I mentioned the fact you have to make an impact. It's you staking a, a claim for a place in the starting eleven as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, that's 
I'm a, I want, I'm a footballer, I want to play every single time, so yeah. So, like I said, when the manager put me on, I just wanted to prove him that, prove him that I, I can play, and then, so yeah. And how good did it feel when you cut that ball back and you saw Moy Ilyanusi coming in and, and finishing with a, a brilliant finish? I just, I just crossed that in. I was just, I just ran, just crossed it in. And luckily he was there, so yeah. But then there's was so many chances, and we, we deserved the goal, so yeah. So yeah, I was really happy with that. I mean, I think you'd have been a bit modest because you're putting it into an area where you know where strikers will be. Yeah, exactly. Like I think it was the pitch as well. Twice it, it like stopped on the, stopped on the line. Normally it will hit someone, then it will go in. But yeah, that was crazy. So yeah. And you know, if you're going to score a, a last-minute winner, it gives the opposition no chance to get back in, and we're safely through at the playoff round now. Yeah, like I said, obviously once we got the goal, we defended really well. Obviously we got everyone back. When we got the ball, we tried going to the corners. So yeah, it was a great team effort. So yeah. Well, listen for Celtic TV. You, you were our man of the match. So well done tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Jeremy Frimpong, we, we would expect he'll be in the side for Sunday's game, Craig, particularly given the manager had mentioned that you know, they've still got to check and assess James for this injury, but he said he ruled him out certainly against Hibernian. Um, he's a, you know, certainly from Pong, he'll be looking to try and seize that opportunity against the Hibs side who have really started the season well. They're, they're in third place. They get a good draw last weekend at home against Rangers. And that's going to be a real test. In some respects, a bigger test, but also I, I have a funny feeling it might play into our hands a wee bit because... Most teams we've played this season have had 11 men behind the ball. I don't think Hibs are going to do that on Sunday. I think, um, yeah, they, they started off the season really well. I think they've only had one defeat against Aberdeen at Easter Road a few weeks back. Um, it's a kind of typical Jack Ross side. They've, they've kind of got very solid at the back. I think what they missed last season was somebody um, in the centre of the park uh, kind of controlling things, and they bought in Gogic from Hamilton. It was interesting that was the only game he missed was the Aberdeen game when he got tested a false positive or something for um, COVID-19. But um, but yeah, they do play on the counter-attack quite a bit. So I think they will sit in. They'll be quite strong um, kind of in the centre of the park again. But yeah, they carry a big threat up front with um, Martin Boyle and I think it's Dre Wright um, playing on the wide areas. And then you've got Dodge and Nisbet in the centre. So they do have a lot of pace. They break with a lot of pace. So um, I think it'll be a big challenge and um, kind of something where, where the kind of defensive players will have to be switched on. Joe, you're going to be covering the game for Celtic View on Sunday. And I suppose, obviously, Chris Julian missed the game on Thursday night. He didn't travel with the team. You know, he just did a kind of a back injury. He might not come back. We don't know yet for Sunday. I suppose it's always a debate then for the manager. Does he play the back three, which which looked pretty solid last night of, of Duffy, Iron and Beaton. But he's also got that option to revert to a, a, a back four. Yeah, and as Craig said, um, for the defence to be switched on, it's going to be of paramount importance. We saw you beat on two or three occasions last night. Just when Celtic playing that high up the pitch, you are obviously a bit more susceptible to the counter-attack. And Riga in the first half certainly looked a lot more capable of that. Uh, and it did take beat on a couple of occasions just to really kind of show his presence there. Shane Duffy the same in the air. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what to expect from Hibs because... We were in a kind of similar situation a couple of seasons ago when Kilmarnock had started really well. They came to Celtic Park and we beat them 5-0. Um, Ross County this year played, just a couple of weeks ago, up in Dingwall, played a bit more open. And while Celtic won 5-0, which is a fantastic result, it was, a, it was probably a, a, a tighter game than that. I do think Ross County played particularly well in the first half. So, mm -hmm. Tibbs sit in and look to counter. 
um, Celtic will do whatever they can to try and unpick them and get an early goal. Um, if they open up, obviously, you know, going head to head with Celtic is always going to be difficult. But you know, boys, from that result last night on um, in European exploits, I think Celtic have got it in them easily to to take it to to Hibs. Um, when we do get around to the score predictions, I don't know what I'll go for this week at the end of the podcast because I'm yet to get one right. Yeah, we'll just <laughs> I'm still confident that Celtic will bounce back from Europe with a win. I should mention as well that obviously we're playing in, in Bosnia next Thursday night. We were due to play at McDermott Park the following night on the Friday and uh, the SPFL have obviously moved that game. It's now going to be on the Sunday with a 12 noon kickoff at McDermott Park. So obviously they don't want to, they just can't afford any more fixture backlog at all. Uh, so that game's now moved to the Sunday because we're in that, that playoff. And Craig, you mentioned, just touched on the fact that Hibs have that counter-attacking style and they've obviously had a full week to prepare Celtic. We, we are used to that of coming back from European games, but I suppose, again, this is where the, the squad has to come in, you know, whether the manager wants to freshen up either at the start or during the game in order to, to make sure we're ready. Because we're on a good run just now, you know, three, game, three victories since the return of the international break, a point off the top with a game in hand. Yeah, and um, three very big games coming up. We've got Hibs in the playoff and then um, St. Johnston just before the next international break. So um, I know you've got to look at one game at a time, but I'm sure the manager's looking across those three games. And we're, al- we're allowed to look ahead. It's okay. It's only the players. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> be focused. One game at a time. Uh, one game at a time because I've only researched one game. <laughs> um, the, the, I think the using the squad um, fully, I think, is something the manager will do. And it's something he's done already. It's something that shows in the number of goal scorers we've had. I think every other day we've had 10 goal scorers already this season. So it just shows the kind of way we've shared around um, kind of the responsibilities in the team and got people in different positions, um, a lot more set-piece goals and things like that this season. So... I think, um, yeah, it will be kind of the side changed up again. I think um, manager alluded to it last night in terms of it's difficult playing Thursday, Sunday, all the travelling to um, travelling to two away European games, especially in this kind of current environment and kind of just the mentality that's needed for the players to go away. Um, Paul, you were there, but I don't think you guys were allowed out the out the hotel for two days, and again, that brings its own challenges in terms of player boredom and um, kind of just being able to stay focused for the game and things like that. So. So yeah, it's, it should be interesting the team that he picks. And um, but like Joe, I think we'll have enough on Sunday um, to to break Hibs down and um, kind of continue the good form that's been um, a mark of our of our last few games. Well, I should tell people that uh, the digital version of the match program, if you have a season ticket, you know, as part of your pass to paradise, you'll be able to log on from sort of Friday evening. And you'll be able to mm-hmm. read that. We've got an exclusive interview with Vasilis Barkas. We also catch up with uh, reserve manager Tommy McIntyre. His, his squad are back in training as well. So we'll get that and plenty of other things. Uh, again, you can also order a, a physical copy, a print copy, uh, and go old school with that as well. The details will be on the, the Celtic website. And also, it, you know, for those of you who watched or listened last week, we had Celtic uh, FC Foundation Chief Executive Tony Hamilton on and he was talking about some of the various fundraising efforts and one of them was at the Livingston game last week the virtual food bank and you may well have seen the story on the website during the week where uh, Celtic supporters raised over £10,000 uh, for that which you know Joe we you know you and I spoke to Tony uh, last week about this about uh, the work of the foundation 
and he, he's always the first to say, you know, it's the supporters that are, are the driving force. And, you know, the fact that in this virtual food bank drive, it's such an important time, such a, a vital time for everyone to raise over £10,000 on that day. You know, it's just, again, testament to the generosity, I think, of the Celtic family. Yeah, it's amazing. One of the things we touched upon uh, with Tony in terms of the current situation is, <clears throat> excuse me, is the visibility of, of, of what the foundation do and whilst they've been working so hard behind the scenes when we're not at the stadium, when we're not seeing it on match day, you know, the food drives and everybody that's working for the foundation, it can be easy to overlook it or forget the great work that they do. Then when you see the figures and it's so inspiring talking to Tony about the great stuff they've been doing throughout the pandemic, but but then when you see it at the other end, you see over £10,000, it really is inspiring. And it does, I don't think that Celtic um, fans and the foundation get enough credit for, for the work they do, not just in Scottish football and not just in world football, but in you know the broad spectrum of charities across the world, especially at a time when people really need it. So I mean, full credit to everybody at the foundation and for the Celtic fans for, for digging be, uh, deep in this time of, of need for so many people in the world. Yeah, and if you go onto the Celtic website, there'll be foundation stories there that will let you know how you can contribute to the Football for Good Fund. And one of the things that's coming up in October, it's the weekend of, I think, the 24th, 25th of October. We're due to play at Pataudry that weekend. And I think it's the Walford Wonder, and you can sign up, uh, you register, and then you can choose your distance. It could be 5K, 10K, it could be a half marathon, a marathon. Our Celtic View colleague Tony Corney will probably run about four marathons in the day. That's par for the course. For him, He'll probably walk to the dodgy. <laughs> it's, it's all about generating uh, money for football for good. And of course, it's also a healthy way of doing it as well. So if you can sign up for that, then I'm sure that the foundation will be very grateful. Craig, we've now come to this point in the podcast where basically everybody gets put on the spot and then comes up with the, the wrong prediction for the score. <laughs> so we're hoping that you can redeem a, a very poor run of form. What, what do you think for Sunday and what do you think the scoreline will be? I, I think there'll be goals, so I think it will be 3-1 to Celtic. Okay, I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, 2-0 for me. 2-0, tight game, goal in each half, one before half time and one in the last 10 minutes. Okay, well, I'm going to go for. It's <laughs> exact. I'm going to go for four-two. I think it's. Uh, I think it's going to be lots of goals, and I think Celtic will come out topped by four goals to two. Well, listen, that's us just about run out of time for the podcast. Thanks for joining us, guys. I just have to tell you that in my house from the onwards, uh, I'm going to have to be referred to as bro because I just. <laughs> <laughs> The last time, we're going to finish with a couple of goals against Tavernin, and maybe this is a, a, an omen, a good omen for you, Joe, because it was the last time we played Hibs. It was December last year. It was at Celtic Park. James Forrest at Odson Edward scored the goals, and we won 2-0. So, fingers crossed, as long as it's a Celtic win, that's all we want. Uh, but thanks again for joining us on the podcast. over. The half really has got McGregor inside, gives it to the Celtic midfielder, drives forward, he's been tracked back by Scott Allen, but he's got the pace to beat him, he's on the edge of the area now, still McGregor, cuts it towards Edward, it's a chance for Incham, it's saved by Marciano, picked up by Frimpong, Frimpong edge of the box, got clear by Mallon, well, Watson Edward with the flick on, it was Incham with the shot, probably should have been in the back of the net. Yeah, it was a good save. 
Kimberry. Forward now to Boyle. Boyle. Pass Beaton. Beaton into the box. It's a chance for Boyle. Takes a shot and it's just wide of the left hand post. He knew exactly what he was doing when he cut inside and thankfully the angle was too tight but close from Hibbs. Yeah, another threatening move. Great play from Boyle. Skips inside. Beaton here. You can see him teeing himself up to try and find that far post. Well, Hibbs with that counter. I think Fraser Foster made his angles absolutely perfect. Dolly comes in off that touchline, nudges it forward to Edwards, steps round his man. Hanlon just gets his foot there as Scott Brown dispossesses the Hibs player. Back now to Dolly Dolly, edge of the box, good play from the Celtic captain. Curled into the area, it's blanched only as far as Incham, 25 yards from goal, takes a touch, he's got Frimpong out wide. Back inside to McGregor, he's everywhere. Ball switched through, a wonderful pass from Brown, back to Dolly Dolly, cuts it across, it comes off the heel of a Hibs player. Eventually scooped clear by the Hibs captain, only as far as the Celtic captain. Pressure intense, straight-footed shot. Wide from Callum McGregor, goal kick. Good football from Celtic, a great ball from the skipper inside the full-back there. Up against Boyle, and Hibs have switched Boyle to the left-hand side to try and use his pace to come back from Pong. From Pong into the box, a chance for the youngster. Back towards Edward, it's just wide with the right-hand post. Wonderful skill from the Dutch player, and Edward so close to the opener. It's fantastic play from Frimpong, different class. Tom Stevenson inside out, tees off Edward, look at this, brilliant play from him. Frimpong, of course, out wide again, up against Boyle. Frimpong into the area, cuts it back, looking for McGregor, it's a good ball, McGregor takes a shot! Well, it was a powerful shot, it was well read by Marciano, who had to get his body behind it. Yeah, it was a good strike, caught it clean. Great play on the right again from Frimpong coming in, having the vision to pick McGregor out of the edge of the box. It's his head up here, right into his feet. It's a good strike from Callum. Right hand side, Frimpong will take it. Morris starts to make the forward run. Flips it inside, back to Frimpong. Frimpong drives towards the edge of the area, still Frimpong. Nudges it across again, McGregor, chance to shoot, instead nudges it to Ball and Golly. On his right foot, takes a shot, and it's just wide in the left hand post. Well, he's still awake his first goal. It wasn't on his favourite left foot, but uh, Marciano full stretch, relieved to see it at the wrong side of the post. Yeah, you can tell the keeper's worried about it. Gives it to Anton Edward, followed out to McGregor. McGregor challenged the hand when he did well, but Anton Edward, edge of the box, slides to Frimpong, could it be 1 0? It is 1 0! And the youngster scored his first goal in paradise! Jeremy Frimpong with the ball underneath Marciano, 39 minutes on the clock, and Celtic have the breakthrough 1 0. Great finish, delighted for him, just rolls it underneath the keeper. Jeremy Frimpong, he's scored, he's first goal, Petardre in that 4-0 win. Well, look what it means to him, it was wonderful play from Watson Edward. He probably thought about the shot, instead rolled it into the path of Frimpong. Yeah. A wonderful finish. Yeah, Callum McGregor's just tried to, to break through initially, it breaks to Edward, as you say, unselfish. Takes a, another second on the ball, realises that Frimpong's in a better position. McGregor on the run, good play there from McGregor. Played across now to Incham, just cushions it to the Celtic captain. Thought about the shot, but Portis did enough just to block his route to goal. 
Oh, Celtic just almost getting tangled up there, but Frimpong into the area, still Frimpong, still Jeremy Frimpong, plays it back as a chance, it's Edwards, he's blazed it over from about 12 yards out, well, Jeremy Frimpong almost returning the compliment of an assist to Watson Edwards, but he couldn't keep that one down. Yeah, and he, he looks disgusted with himself there, he knows he should have done better, it's a great pick out again from Frimpong, he just doesn't get over the ball. Couple of chances he's had today that you'd expect him to bury them. To Jeremy Frimpong again, edge of the box, right hand side, back towards Edward. Edward, edge of the area, tries to thread it through towards James Forrest, but again, so tough. Christopher intercepts, Ayer strides forward, nudges it to Ball and Golly, edge of the area. The ball flicked back across to the far post. Forrest chests it down, cuts it back, Edward! Two goals to nil. Great play from James Forrest. It's clipped to the back post. And I'm thinking he's going to shoot himself, but coolly cuts it back for that man, Odzan Edward, again. And he finally takes one. Great play from James here. You could easily have thought about blasting that himself, but he's picked Edward out brilliantly. Well, we shall wait and see whose number is held up in the board here. And if it is Odzan Edward, that's a perfect way to end your contribution. I think McGregor's had a really good game in the middle of the park, but for me, Frimpong, fantastic attacking play, got his goal, terrific performance. Beaton moves forward, leaves it for Frimpong, we shall hear soon enough the stadium man of the match. This Scott Brown knocks it towards Griffiths, it's a chance for Griffiths for a goal. No, but he did the right thing, tried to play it back across Maxwell. Took it really well, great ball in from Scott Brown, took it on the turn. They just expect him and it goes on to his left foot. So it was fire into the net, but again, just a little rush, pulls it wide of the post.